Stevenson centers, and the loose puck was put on. Rebound shot blocked. Now Eichel scores. The third rebound goes for Eichel. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Marsha Selwright to the circle. White Cloud shoots. He scores. Doing his best. Jack Eichel finds the opening. Top shelf. Sharp angle for White Cloud. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 Home of the... Ladies and gentlemen, we are in Salt Lake City getting set for this neutral site exhibition tilt between the LA Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, it is game number six for Vegas of this seven-game schedule, and Vegas will be going with as close to its opening night lineup as we have seen. Uh, just got the uh, the roster handed to me now, and it looks like uh, we got the top three lines going, uh, four veteran defensemen and Logan Thompson in goal. So this is going to be fun to watch as uh, Bruce Cassidy will have an opportunity to to roll over those top three lines a little bit. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of important, right? We we are at that period of time in, in preseason where the expectation, or at least what you're looking for, is tuning this team up to be ready for opening night. And, you know, for the Golden Knights, I think to be a successful team, a lot of it's going to be predicated on whether or not they're able to roll their four lines, getting a look at the top nine for the Golden Knights in action and what that cadence might look like is going to be important. You know, just just being into a, a little bit more of a regular routine that you're used to playing in the National Hockey League, there's a lot of players around in a training camp. Uh, we know that. They were in three different groups to start. They went down to two, and uh, one or two days they've had one group, and then there's been some call-ups uh, here and there. So today uh, it's one main group. And you've got the the veteran presence of the line, and there's that there's that fine uh, dance that that everybody does. Uh, the veterans know it as well. Uh, the organization wants to get a look at the future. They want to get a look at uh, some prospects, uh, maybe some some guys uh, trying out, looking to break through. But they also want to get ready themselves. And I had one player uh, tell me that uh, that yeah, there's. There, it's tough when there's a lot of guys in and out and all around and, and big groups to, to find your rhythm and, and get uh, that uh, necessary game face on that uh, that you want to uh, have positioned uh, when you go out in the ice for, for a serious uh, regular season game that, that means something. They were told that these final two games were going to be, by and large part, a lot of the group, the final group going. Mm-hmm. So uh, some of the guys have been looking forward to this moment where, okay, let, let's dial it in. we got to get to the Salt Lake Boise games and we can we can really uh, get ready for that regular season. It's not perfect that they're both on the road. It's not perfect that they're both neutral site games uh, by any means, that they're not places that you've been before uh, like over and over uh, through the course of the National Hockey League schedule, but it's as good as they're going to get, and they're looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I think it's important, though, because, you know, not ideal, not perfect, sure, but it is different. 
And, and I think that that difference might might be a situation where players can really get excited about these games. I, I know that sometimes you, you look at going on the road in preseason and, and you kind of shudder a little bit. But uh, given the fact that it's Salt Lake City, given the fact that it's Frozen Fury, something that you know the, the Golden Knights have been a part of since they came into the league against the Los Angeles Kings, and you know, given that it's it's neutral sites, it's different crowds, it's different uh, fan bases, it's it's just a different type of setting. I think that that lends itself well to some of the veterans just enjoying the process and enjoying the game and getting into that competitive nature that they usually are in during the regular season. You know, normally I'd agree with you, Ryan. I, I really would. This year's different. As the the pomp and pageantry and the neutral sightness and the different crowd and being in this uh, this building or Boise, that's great. That's growing our game, and that's something that you and I uh, certainly uh, aspire to do on a daily basis, both in the Las Vegas Valley and then uh, for me on on AT and T Sportsnet in our Las Vegas Golden Knight uh, 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 Vegas Golden Knight viewing area. That that's awesome. But these guys are trying to get it ready for the start of the regular season under a new coach with new systems, and they're not thinking about all of that right now. It is all about getting making sure that they're ready to go on on Tuesday night. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. I I think that there are, you know, again, positives to having your veterans go on the road for these final two games. I think that there's a, a, a... an uncomfortability that is going to be necessary for the Golden Knights to kind of work through early on here, um, and you know, for the for the fact, for the simple fact that you look at the Golden Knights' early start of the season, they're on the road more often than they're at home. So this is kind of a dress rehearsal, not just in terms of the hockey, but in terms of you know playing in different spots and, and being in different locations. So um, I, I look at this as as a positive for the Vegas Golden Knights. You go out there, you get on the road. It's it's not the ideal veteran situation, but it, you you have to go out and perform regardless. Yeah, there, there there's going to be the added benefit of playing those uh, top three lines and your top uh, or four veteran defensemen is that they will really be able to dig in uh, with their full power play units and majority of their penalty killing uh, units out there. That is something that's been uh, by little drips and drabs uh, throughout the uh, the training camp where Bruce Cassidy has worked on it as much as he can while focusing on the five-on-five. Five. But with big groups, it's hard to get uh, the necessary number of reps that, that you go through because you might have three power play units. We've seen that uh, at times during this training camp. Uh, they, they have their two. Uh, that they're ready to go with them with a man advantage, and that's uh, what they did at the practice yesterday. That's what they uh, did at the uh, what was uh, somewhat of an optional morning skate t- today, and they'll go with those units tonight uh, in in Salt Lake City, and that's probably one of the biggest benefits of of having those top three lines going tonight is be able to uh, lean and get a good solid look at what you forecast to be your number one and number two power plays yeah i mean it's it's kind of what you mentioned earlier on um as we we got 
started with camp is that uh, special teams power play specifically was going to be something that you know wasn't super emphasized early on but it was going to be a, a point of emphasis in the back half and as you get closer and closer to the season so allowing the golden knights a game full of reps with their power play units what they're expecting to have in the regular season i think is going to be important i i, I don't need that power play unit to score goals and i, I know that you know i was kind of one of the people saying power play special teams that's going to have to be a, a big point of emphasis for the golden knights this season but i want to see kind of the building blocks and and getting those reps getting the opportunity in you know as true of a game setting as you can is going to be really important for the golden knights i'll be uh, curious when they roll them out what those power play units are going to actually look like we've seen different combinations in practice uh, we know that uh, that the likes of Petrangelo and Shea Theodore will flip off that number one unit depending on if, if Petrangelo was out on the ice for a shift right before the, the power play. Well, Shea Theodore will take that shift uh, to start the, uh, the man advantage and vice versa. So uh, that will be interchangeable with, uh, with Theodore. And uh, Petrangelo, the testing the anthem here. It's not. Uh, I'm not being insensitive, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I know that they're playing the anthem, and I should probably not be talking right now. Uh, but it is a rehearsal. I don't know whether that means anything in the grand scheme of things, but I'm trying to give myself an out on that. All right. Uh, but the the actual <laughs> power plays, uh, the 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 combinations, uh, how much of the misfits are together on a man advantage, or are they divided uh, two and and one? Uh, during those units or one and two uh, is is Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone are they together are they going with that pairing or are they split up because uh, in the past uh, Chandler's been on the second unit Mark's been on the uh, uh, on the the number one unit uh, so there's there's a, 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 a real anticipation on my part to see how Bruce Cassidy is going to set up his his power play with the two units yeah, I, I'm right there with you, and you know, you you mentioned quite a few of the players, but really, it, for me, it kind of comes down to Jack Eichel and and Phil Kessel, right? And like, if they're together, how does that work? How how can you use one as a pawn, and how do you open up different opportunities to score? Um, Jack's been phenomenal, right, throughout this entire preseason, but you know, for the Golden Knights, and, and Phil Kessel's been the, the setup guy. He hasn't been the one putting the puck in the back of the net and I, I'm, I'm very much interested in how those two players are going to you know work on the power play because a lot of times throughout their career power plays run through them if they're on that same unit together how does that kind of mesh uh, for the Golden Knights that's going to be a big question too R runs through them but also Vegas is going with a, a power play that from what I've been able to ascertain uh, in the practices mm -hmm that's going to have a strong emphasis on that bumper spot, which is right yeah. between the hash marks uh, in the middle of the zone. And you throw it in there, and that player can either take a one-timer or it can pop it back out or it can go up to the, mm -hmm. uh, to the blue line. It, it was perfected by Patrice Bergeron. Uh, with, with Boston, uh, and, and that's player. like yeah, he's 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 one of the best uh, in, in the world. Now, now that's not why Bruce Cassidy's bringing here because of that success. He's got to be be able to count on the same type of personnel uh, because it doesn't matter if you if you love the bumper position. If you have somebody that can't do it, then it's not going to going to be very effective. So uh, Vegas is going to uh, has has 
uh, earmarked uh, a couple of people that they think can be really good in that spot. Uh, William Carlson is just seems like a natural uh, that that mm-hmm. he would be great in that spot because Bruce uh, told us yesterday uh, to play in that bumper spot or uh, right in the middle. Uh, and it's it's funny because uh, it's almost like it when you look at the the diagram of a power play, it's got you got mm-hmm. your point guy, your defenseman up at the top. Right in the middle, you got your player at the mm-hmm. bumper spot, and then you got your player right in front of the net, the net front presence, and the two wingers on the other side. It's it's perfectly yep. balanced. But that that bumper spot really makes it tick. Washington is is awesome at it with T.J. Oshie. Uh, he's yeah. he's incredible at it. But you got to be able to really have a strong hockey sense, uh, be able to see uh, what's going to happen almost before it happens, and you got to be thinking about where am I going to give this puck to if I do get it and mm-hmm. you don't have any time to think because the the you're right in the middle of the defenders and they're just going to collapse right on top of you so if you're going to shoot yeah. you have to have that uh, in your head uh, if, you, if you're going to go back uh, to the person that feeds it out of the, out of the sideboards uh, you don't have time to uh, stick handle twice and then give it back and the other part is what if the the defenders shift on you a little bit. Well, then there's an opening. Then you can make that play. So, yeah, it, it's arguably the most important part of this power play uh, uh, setup that they're going to go with uh, out of the gate with that bumper spot. So William Carlson, uh, the likes of uh, Chandler Stevens, somebody like that, uh, uh, that that could end up playing in that bumper spot uh, will be really uh, intriguing uh, to watch and how this set up. It used to be power plays, you'd throw back to the point and let the big clapper go and away you go. Uh, <laughs> and and yeah. you'd have somebody in front of that. Uh, Dave Anderchuk was amazing at that uh, back in the day. And he'd either tip bucks or uh, grab, grab rebounds. That net front presence is still really important uh, with, with power plays, but uh, there's uh, the, the shots are coming from a lot closer to the net than they uh, were certainly uh, 20 years ago, and it's getting closer and closer, it feels like, every year. Yeah, I, I, I go back to something that you said, is you don't have a lot of time in the bumper spot, but no. one of the options you do have is to take a shot, right? Like, you have the option of, of throwing that puck right to the net, and that opens up different opportunities when you get the puck in that position because defenders are going to have to to kind of keep themselves honest there, not cheat to take away a passing lane. But that all being said, you, you have to have a player that can beat a goalie with a, with a clean shot. And, you know, you bring up William Carlson's name as, as a player that, that kind of naturally you feel like can can excel in that position and we've seen his shot a couple of times so far in preseason it looks like it's it's as good as it's been so um, I, I would love to see William in that spot and what he can do and and, and whether or not he's able to kind of grow with it uh, in in terms of you know making those those decisions and, and making them in real time it's it's not easy but if if the golden Knights can can kind of find the the player that solves that riddle on the power play, uh, then look out because you know they've got the talent to put the puck in the back of the net. I'll give you another name that I would love to see mm. audition in the bumper spot. I don't know whether he'll get there because he's brand new to the National Hockey League. Uh, Sakari Manon, <laughs> because he can yeah. zip, he can really zip the puck. And we know how smart yeah. he is on the ice. Uh, responsible 200-foot uh, player, but has a, a really uh, energetic zest for the offensive zone. 
He he can make things yeah, happen, I, and 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 is and is as smart as anybody that I've been around to be in the position uh-huh. that uh, that he's in coming over at thirty. He he's ready for this. I, I don't think it's it's a, a natural right now. We're still getting him comfortable uh, on on North American. He he'd never been to an NHL game until he took warm up that first exhibition game in Colorado. He'd never been in an NHL rink, never been uh, watched yeah. an NHL yeah. game in any capacity. So it's it, we're still at the in the early goings of, of his journey, but he is certainly a player that that I could see down the road fitting into that type of spot like a, like a Chandler or a William. Yeah, you you I, I knew where you were going because I, I know how you feel about Zachary Manninen and and his, you know, where where you kind of want and see him as as a professional hockey player, but uh, the puck just zips right off his stick, right? Like yeah. we, we've seen the release and how quick it can be and how that's kind of fooled some players and fooled some goaltenders. I watch uh, him in practice. He, in, he, he beats goalies clean. Yeah, he does. And that's, that's an aspect of the bumper spot that you need. You have to have a player that has a shot that's capable of beating a goalie because that has to be one of the snap decisions in your arsenal that you can pull on at any point in time. So I'm, I'm with you. Um, I'd love to see what Mananen, a comfortable Mananen, after some, you know, some time here playing in North America, I, I'd, I'd love to see what dimension he could bring to a power play unit if he's playing with that confidence. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna go tonight. Uh, I talked to him a bit this morning, and he said that he's feeling more comfortable. Uh, Every day uh, in and around the rink, uh, he and his wife have done uh, some exploring uh, around the valley, so they're getting comfortable uh, as citizens uh, of, of our area, and he's he's loving it. I said, are you having fun, though? And because sometimes it's it's so overwhelming that you forget to have fun. We've all been in those situations where uh, it's a challenging uh, prospect, and you look back at it, and you say, that was cool, but in the moment... You, you forgot to have fun. Well, he said, "Yeah, I'm I'm loving it. It's 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 a it's a lot of fun right now, and uh, I'm enjoying uh, all parts of this. So uh, I think that's uh, that's going to be uh, something that uh, that enables him to make quicker strides than maybe somebody coming over who's 19 or or 20. He also has his wife here. Uh, they've they've done some shopping, been able to get settled into their apartment. Uh, remember, we talked to him about his rental car and, and the charger mm-hmm. and, and all the horsepower. So uh, he's he's been able to uh, to to be able to joke and 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 have some fun, but also concentrate on on the game a little bit and and take it the way it uh, is intended. And and for him, this is an adventure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I, we've we've had a, a few opportunities to chat with him. I, I think the mindset that he brings into um, into this chance is is a refreshing one, uh, specifically just about how kind of open and honest he is with where he's at in his career and what led him to this point, how he views himself as a player um, and, and why at this point, at age 30, he feels like he is capable and, and able to make the trip over here and could eventually make the NHL squad. So um, I, I, I like the player a lot. I, I, you know, we, we've talked about kind of where you fall on Manninen, and uh, he was kind of your sleeper pick in terms of, uh, of an X factor throughout this camp. So uh, it, a good showing tonight, and I, I feel like he's mm. played well in the games that he's played. Uh, could go a long way toward realizing that for him. And uh, Paul Cotter has put himself in a position to try yeah. to be on that season opening roster. He was out late today. 
in that optional skate that I mentioned. Uh, I don't know whether he's uh, he's made the trip and is going to be in the lineup. If he, if he does, that, that he's run the table. That's six for six in, in the preseason yep. games. Uh, that will be uh, something to keep a, an eye on, or whether uh, or not the the coaching staff looks and says that uh, that he's done. Uh, enough, and they want to give him either a break or take a look at uh, somewhere else, uh, someone uh, else uh, on this roster. It was it was after the last game uh, against Arizona when uh, Aiden Hill was spectacular, and uh, mm-hmm. that that thanks to the non-nap process where he doesn't take the pregame <laughs> nap uh, because he's a, finds that he's a little groggy coming out of it. But uh, uh, Aiden Hill sure. was so good. But uh, but Bruce talked about how the fourth line wasn't where it needed to be. Uh, to start mm-hmm. the season, and they were going to look at a few things. So, uh, how that fourth line sizes up tonight uh, will will be something uh, to keep an eye on, knowing that uh, that the top three lines look like they're ready to go. Yeah, and and you know it, it could just be allowing you know some players to 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 really hone in and focus in on on some of the finer details before they get their final dress rehearsal game um on saturday but you know as as you mentioned you're talking about a player i think in paul cotter that has shown well right and you you probably are looking at a situation where if if you're going to rest them or you're going to give them a break um it's either going to be today or it's going to be Saturday, and, and yep. that's really the thing. If he, if he has done enough to make this team, if he's made a strong enough case, you probably want to at least get him one game off before you go into the regular season. So it'll be interesting to see if Paul's in the lineup tonight uh, or if he'll he'll have you know just a, a little bit of extra time before he gets into that next game action. Vegas and L.A. tonight in the Frozen Fury 2022 edition in Salt Lake City, playing at the home of the Utah Jazz. And this is a rink that is not a hockey facility. So you've got some obstructed views inside this rink. If you watch the game on television tonight, uh, you will see that at both ends behind the nets, uh, the seats are not pulled out uh, to, for people to sit uh, in that gradual uh, ascent up uh, the, the, the aisle. Uh, they're pushed back against the, the wall uh, to a large extent. So it'll look a little weird, uh, different than, than a lot of your, the rinks that you'll see on, on uh, North American or regular uh, National Hockey League facilities. Uh, and the ice surface uh, has just been put in uh, the last uh, week. Uh, it's not uh, an ice surface that stays in all the time because the, the hockey team in, in Salt Lake City doesn't play in this facility. They play in the uh, the one in the suburbs where the 2002 Olympics uh, hockey f- uh, tournament was was held. So uh, I'll be curious to see how the the ice is. They've they've had a couple of skates to try and break in the surface, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, it's like when you drop it. I heard this analogy: you take an ice cube, you drop it in some water. Uh, what happens is it uh, it cracks a little bit because it's expanding. You're going to get that uh, type of effect at at the early goings of, of this game as the ice gets really carved up in a National Hockey League-type setting. Uh, so you might have uh, uh, some bounces or uh, some more snow uh, on the ice than, than normally would happen. So keep your eye out uh, for that, for the players being uh, possibly just a, just a little bit more cautious uh, and conservative as, uh, as maybe you would be normally. Now, that said, I, I talked to Shea Theodore. I'm going to take a break right now with you because I want to come back and really dive dig into this. Uh, He told me one of the changes that the Golden Knights defensively are making when it comes to handling the puck in their own zone and what they do with it. And after this conversation that I had with Shea, I walked away and went, 
he was really good under Pete DeBoer. Could we be looking at like the sky's the limit type season for Shea Theodore? Because the way they're going to approach it, to me, really fits in well to Shea Theodore's game. And I'll, I'll explain all of that to you as we continue from Vegas and Salt Lake City on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Golden Knights, LA Kings for the second time in this preseason. Game six for the VGK. 2-2-1 two, two, and one so far in the exhibition schedule. Darren Millard in Salt Lake City for this encounter. Back at the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio is Ryan Wallace and Chris Chapman. I want to tell you guys, uh, mentioned that the, that the rink will look uh, a little non-traditional on the mm-hmm. television broadcast uh, if you happen to catch some of the highlights. Where we do the broadcast is also different than any other place that you call a game. Duva and Lawless, and I'm using their broadcast uh, headset right now, they're in the stands, and there's there's plastic like card tables set up over seats where, where, where we are. There's three rows of that for the media because this is a basketball facility. You don't have that traditional hockey press box that all buildings have because basketball media are down on the floor. So that's another difference uh, for tonight, uh, just bringing you the broadcast. And, and you know how Duva, he, he makes sure that he's right at center ice. Like the, he won't call the game unless he's right at center ice. Well, tonight he has to make an exception. He is inside the hash marks of the Vegas zone for the first and the third period. He's yeah. so far off center. So if things go wonky tonight, mm-hmm. don't blame him. Blame Lawless. All right? What? Why? Just so we can blame Lawless. That's, oh, that's always more it. fun than, than saying it's because they're, they're at one end or not. Like, can you imagine? Like, a hockey rink is 200 by 80. We are, our broadcast location would be probably 175 feet. From the end of the rink at the other end. Plus, yeah. we're we're up in the stands a little bit. He is so far away from the other net that I'm going to have to send him a text when there's a goal, just to to, you could, to, to yeah. make sure that he's he's aware of what's going on. It's just it's part of a neutral psyche. It'll be better in Boise because that's that's more of a hockey rink and it's like six thousand seats. So. That'll be fun. It'll be good training for the guys when they go to Arizona. That, that's what that one. But this one, this one's a little different. I I think you're kind of making yourself out to be a little bit more important. I, I think you just want to text Dan during the game. I, I don't know that he would. Dan, would you reply to me if I texted you during the game? He, no. he said he'd try. He said he'd try. <laughs> you know what that means? There's no, no. chance he's sending no, me a not text. A, not a chance. Not, not a, a chance at all. Yeah, if no, you give somebody the I'll try. Yeah. For sure. The, yeah, for sure, or I'll do my best. That's one thing. Like, they're going to give it the college effort. There's no way Dan's doing that. No. no. I got, I got a better. Got, he's got more important things to do, yeah. Darren. What he are you does. talking he, about? Yeah, that's that's uh, keeping Lawless off his phone. Uh, I got this uh, this story about Shea Theodore. <laughs> I, I, I sat this down with, uh, with with Shea this week. And just It was more just a catch-up 
effort to try and uh, go through with what he's been doing. It, some guys change, will change their sticks, uh, skates, or uh, how they, they sharpen their skates with a rocker and um, be more upright or, or help them uh, in, in the forward skating, that kind of thing. So is, was there anything he tweaked this year? No, nothing. Uh, it worked on his, his core strength and being ready and those board battles and, and having a, a long off season was, was able to really dial in that. Then we got into the system that Vegas is going to play because we've heard that over and over about all the teaching that Bruce Cassidy has done during this training camp. And and Shea told me that how they're playing it in the defensive zone is different. We know it's zone as, as opposed to like a man-zone hybrid. This is more, more of a zone, and it takes some communication between the forwards and switch-offs with the defenseman uh, when you're on the uh, uh, top of the circles and handoffs and, and, and coverage. But one of the really insightful parts of it that I, I didn't even realize, uh, Shea told me that they've altered how they handle the puck in the defensive zone when they get possession. So if there's a dump in or they get possession of the puck in, in the defensive zone uh, and Braid McNabb gets it, in the past, they would either do a quick up to a winger or they would do a D to D. Nine times yeah. out of ten, or nine times out of twelve, you do a D to D, and then you do a quick up, uh, and that's the way that there the breakout occurred uh, under the previous system. This time with Bruce Cassidy, they've allowed a lot more freedom to the defenseman, or it's just a different system. Now, uh, this won't work for every defensive core because, quite honestly, the talent and the trust isn't there with uh, every defensive core. But Bruce Cassidy has opened up the window for these blue liners to have the option. You can go D to D, but he would also love them to skate the puck up, use yeah. their feet. Not every team allows that. It's it's the, we love to see Kale McCarr go end to end, uh, that kind of thing. Like the, the defenseman uh, going 200 feet and, and scoring. Not every team wants that because sometimes it can go 50 feet back into your net. Mm -hmm. They are very encouraging to their defensemen to make a play against the forechecker by using their feet. Yeah. So skate the puck out if there's room, time and space, or if there's a forechecker coming, then you can try to beat them one-on-one -on -one and then move the puck. Uh, this is by no means giving uh, Shea Theodore, telling Shea Theodore to go end-to-end -end with the with the puck like uh, on a power play breakup, but beat a guy, and now all of a sudden, instead of a five-on-four, you beat a guy It's a f with your feet, it's a five-on-three. You've added yeah. to your advantage, and one of the great words that if you've ever sat down low for a hockey game is when a defenseman gets the puck and they, they skated uh, sort of up past the hash marks toward their own blue line, trying to exit the zone. You'll hear players yell, wheel, like wheel, wheel, wheel. And it, it just it's ev it lets everybody go in that there's, there's something happening in the rink because that, that player's got open ice and they can make something happen. Wheel, wheel, wheel is something that uh, the likes of Shea Theodore is, is going to hear this year among uh, uh, Alec Martinez or certainly Alex Petrangelo uh, being able to do that, Zach White. So that's, that's a, a different uh, area where the, this 
Golden Knights squad with this blue line yeah, has, has an added element to their game. Have to be sure about it. You certainly want to be aware of the clock and the score when you're doing it, but uh, it's also uh, an area where if you've got the skill in your lineup, it can make a big, big uh, advantage to you. Yeah, I mean, it, it does a couple of things, right? It, it kind of diversifies your breakouts so that you you aren't always trying to just go either D to D or quick up because then when those things are predictable, uh, it allows the opposition to kind of get into those lanes, force some turnovers, and, and kind of push you right back into your own zone. And then, you know, as you mentioned, Darren, if you're able to beat that first four checker, all of a sudden you've got some ice to work with and you've got that attack going downhill. So um, I... I think it's going to really benefit a guy like Shea Theodore who just has the wheels anyway to be able to beat guys up and down the ice in, in general. But you give him the green light, you give him the freedom to pick and choose his spots uh, for a team that has been traditionally good on the rush. If you've got that, that momentum starting in your own zone, it could lead to some really good opportunities. Shea did say like it's, it's a process right now of trying to replace that muscle memory with a new system. Because yeah. there's been a couple of times where you just instinctively grab the puck, go across the ice, uh, below the, bank it off the boards uh, along the goal line, or you do a quick up. So uh, he's he's said that uh, they've they've made those plays before, and they get back to the bench, and they're like, hey, you've got room, skate it up, skate it up. Uh, that that's one area. Now, and you add to this that Shea Theodore had a ton of success under Pete DeBoer, yeah, and, and Ryan McGillan and and that group, a ton of success. You add that layer to him and being able to skate the puck up. And maybe, maybe he beats a guy a couple of times one-on-one, -on -one, and then the forecheck isn't as aggressive, and he's got more room to dial up. Now, that also puts him in a spot between the blue lines where you have to make quick decisions and really good uh, passes on the money because you don't have as much room, like the bumper spot uh, that we talked about earlier. You have to have yeah. somebody that can really, really pass the puck, which... Uh, uh, we know that that Shea can. Uh, it you're almost you're putting yourself into a more tense situation. The better skater you are, but with his kind of talent, or Petrangelo or Martinez, and, and going down the line, uh, because this defense is so deep and so talented, they can put that in place with all six of their blue liners. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and you know some guys are, are probably going to lean into it a little bit harder than than others. But I think just having the option there on the table is is going to be a big thing for the Golden Knights and the blue line, and and really the attack that they're trying to to put out there on on their zone exits. Like, you know, you you are going to use your skating, and, and Bruce has talked about making quick decisions, but but moving your feet often throughout this training camp, and I think that the message here is that if you allow the, the skaters on your team to kind of go out and make plays and you allow the guys with, with that talent, that edge, the, the ability to kind of process things as quickly as they can, um, it, it, it gives you a different wrinkle to your attack every single time you're coming out of your zone. So um, I, I like the idea of It's also incumbent on the forwards too. Like they have to be in yeah. different spots than they yeah, were sure. in years past because... Uh, the defenseman isn't just moving that puck right away. Uh, so if you can't be static between the blue lines, no. and you don't want no, to, if the, if the defenseman's going to use his feet, you don't want to do that zip and chip. Uh, you know that play where the the 
the defenseman pass it up and you just chip it in and you go in four yeah. check. You don't want to be doing that yeah. if you're going to give the defenseman the opposition to do this. No, you, you want to have speed built up so that you're backing off the defenders and you're, you're allowing yourself either a clean zone entry or you're allowing for some confusion when you get the puck into the offensive zone. So, again, I, what it does for me is it, it makes the Golden Knights a little less predictable in terms of their breakouts and therefore a little less predictable in the neutral zone. And if you have the puck on the stick of your most creative playmakers, uh, you're, you're looking for them to make a play. I, I think that it, it's going to do a lot of good for the Golden Knights in, in breaking pucks out, but also aiding in the, those first or second chances that they get in the offensive zone, assuming they get through all three zones pretty clean. You used the word predictable. It reminded me of something, and it, and it involves what we're talking about, breaking the puck out of your zone. But this is the on the power play. You guys have all yeah. seen, and uh, listeners, you're very aware of this, that power play breakout where... The first skater brings it up the ice and gets around the, between the blue line and the red line on your side mm -hmm. of center. And then they drop it back, and there's a trailer coming through. And that's designed to beat the forecheck and gain zone entry. Yeah, Almost every team does it now. And it's so predictable that they're going to do that. And every now and then, a defender will jump it and read it perfectly and get an opportunity off it. But yeah. it doesn't happen as much as I'd like, to be quite honest, because it, I sit there and go, why? Like, what are we doing here? Well, Vegas has put a tweak on that. That that person that br initially brings the puck up, they've got the option, like a quarterback, uh, a run-pass option, to, to take that puck all the way into the zone. So if the, yeah. if the defenders are just going to wait for that puck to be dropped to that trailer and you feel like you've got a lane, then whoever's carrying that puck can take it all the way into the zone. Uh, and that's another thing to keep an eye on tonight when it goes to the manner advantage, how often uh, the initial person with the puck on the breakout will will just take it all the way down the ice. And I will be, if you if you see me ringside, tonight, I'm gonna do the reporting tonight on the television side mm -hmm. and the interviews, I will be the one clapping over the top of my head so happy that the person just <laughs> rushes the puck because it, it just it's so predictable it's like oh can, can we not just drop the puck in, in in that zone just give it to him in that zone if we're going to do all this so you're you're clearly not a big fan of that giant drop pass in the just zone. not like, every I, time I, just yeah. and, no, and i love the I'm fact and it does work it does break down the four yeah. check and allows you instead of dumping the puck in to gain the zone with possession it's a yeah. huge advantage, and in the, in the uh, an era a couple of years ago, you needed that. You needed that space to, to be able to back off the the defenders, and give yourself some room to get across the blue line with possession instead of having a board battle and killing off 15 seconds of your of your power play time. But now, defenders are so. Uh, cousin to it knowing that it's going to come that when they back off uh, there's a lane there and if you've got somebody that knows how to handle the puck uh connor mcdavid who <laughs> what he did the other night uh yeah that's an exception but uh but other yeah. players who have hey, can read it properly you don't even have to have a ton of speed if you can just find that mm -hmm. spot yeah, I, I, I think giving giving players the option in that in that spot, it, again, it, it makes you less predictable. And that, to me, is, is kind of the big thing as you move forward. And, and even just kind of in terms of the Golden Knights power play in general, uh, 
it had been stagnant. It had been predictable for so long. But you know, from a from a zone entry perspective, you want to have a lot of different tricks in, yeah. in your bag to pull out because sometimes you're you're that sometimes that drop pass isn't going to work. So you need to have the freedom to be able to come in different ways. And I think if you're if you're giving that option to the Golden Knights players, they're going to make the right reads uh, more often than not because I believe in the talent that they have. So well, uh, you know, I'm with you. Theodore can beat guys one-on-one, well, yeah. on one, go down there. Well, he might turn that into into uh, <laughs> a one-man situation on the goaltender. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, we've, we've, we've seen it at five-on-five yeah. five with Shea Theodore. He'll yeah. go through five guys. It, it, exactly. He's got the skill set to do it. So you you present all these different options. All of a sudden, you create some confusion and hopefully some open ice for yourself. It, it's it's a it's a net positive for the Golden Knights. Hey, uh, we're going to see Marcheseau tonight, probably with Stone and Stevenson. They were aligned once other uh, occasion during this preseason, but Marshall was moved off that line after the first period uh, of that game against the San Jose Sharks. I asked him if he has to fit in, because he's, he's been the chemistry guy with Carlson and Smith the whole time. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. they, they had all the chemistry. Somebody played with them. They had to figure out what, what they were thinking. Now he's with Stone and Stevenson. They have the chemistry. He's got to blend in with them, or that's from looking the outside. Uh, in on it, and he said uh, it's it's not like that uh, totally. Uh, he, when he was in the American Hockey League, was t- told to be a, fen- an, a defensive player. Uh, he stuck to his roots. He he, he stayed on the uh, with the with the shooting side, and uh, yeah. and he's confident that that'll work out. But he did he did add, I did listen to the coach in the American League, <laughs> <laughs> but I leaned on my own game. Uh, just yeah. as much as listening to He didn't want me to go on the air and go, he, make it sound like Marshall wasn't listening to his coaches. He was right. listening. He just didn't want to be turned into a defensive player. Well, I, I think you have to know who you are as a player, right? And and if you can make it fit within what the coach is, is asking you or the structure of how you need to play, uh, that's really what kind of sets those players apart. And it's no real surprise why... Jonathan Marchessault is, is here at the National Hockey League level as a predominantly offensive first consistent yeah. player. Uh, it, it's because he knows who he is as a, as a player. He knows what his strong suits are. You know, you can't get to the player's bench or the penalty box or the timekeeper's box without walking on the ice here at this rink. Oh, yeah. So nice. all the training staff, equipment staff, have to walk their gear along the boards to get it to the bench. There's no doors on the bench. I just watched the L.A. staff, uh, Darren Granger, their longtime equipment manager, uh, lugging a bunch of stuff. Uh, Chris Davidson Adams uh, uh, just did the same thing uh, with Vegas about 20 minutes ago. That's It's just one of those little wrinkles playing in a, in a non-hockey facility. We'll take a break. We'll come up. Uh, catching up with Chapman. It says it on my phone. It's almost time. It's a VGK Insider Show ahead of uh, the sixth game of this preseason for the Vegas Golden Knights against the L.A. Kings on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. I was the guy that wouldn't stop talking yesterday. Almost uh, cut you out of your own segment. So, Christopher, it's all yours. <laughs> Hi, Darren. So, I went over to the Dollar Loan Center this afternoon to check out the G League Ignite team and the French team, Metropolitan's 92. And uh, my first time at the Dollar Loan Center, I had not been there for a Silver Knights game. I had been to the Orleans for Silver Knights games, but had not made it over. Dollar Loan Center, first off, what a phenomenal facility that is. 
Uh, the, it, it's great for basketball. I'm assuming it's going to be awesome when I get out there for a hockey game. Did you sit courtside? No, I actually sat up in the press box, which was oh, one nice. of the luxury boxes, which was which was really cool. But I got to see uh, Victor Wembanyama play. He's the French star who they are projecting to be the possible yeah. number one overall pick Top in pick, the yeah. NBA draft this year. Big guy, big guy. Yeah, seven two, but he runs like he's no. like he's a six three point guard. See him shoot the three. Yes, yes, he made a couple of them in a row, yeah. and when he goes up for a dunk. It's effortless. Like, and and I know Dan Duke was listening, so he'll like this. Jason Hart is the coach of the G League Ignite, and one of his assistants, former Syracuse star Hakeem Warwick. Hey, what would it be like if you went up for a dunk? I would not make it very far. Effort? A lot of effort? F, F for effort, yes. F for effort? Yes. Wow. That makes wow. no sense. That, that, because I, I would not... I... I I used to be able to dunk on a nine-foot rim. I, I can't even get close now. You'd be scared. You'd hang on to the rim. I probably you would. wouldn't want to let go. <laughs> I probably uh, would. Too far the, down. The big drop. I'm like five eight. Yeah, way too far down for me. Yeah, scooter. Oh, Scooter's funny. pretty good. Uh, scooter Henderson. Yeah, he didn't play today. Yeah, he, he didn't, didn't play, play today. today. Yeah. You know why they call him Scooter? No. He used to get around on his bum when he was an infant. Oh. And they'd say Scoot, Scoot. They my, call him Scoot. My dog does that. Oh, like that. That just has nothing to do with the story. <laughs> Pre-game shows coming up. Ryan Wallace from the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio as we bring in the game with Dan Duva, Gary Lawless from Salt Lake City. Game six of seven in the exhibition schedule. Pre-game shows up now.